0: Good morning. We're in a we're in a series of messages called "I Can't Believe," and we're looking at some of the largest reasons for why we struggle to believe. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we started the series, and we looked at this idea that some people in the in actually the book of John it was chapter two uh, thought they believed and. Looked like they believed, but then in reality, Jesus said, no, 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 they, you haven't believed, you haven't followed me. They believed the wrong way. Last week, we looked at doubting Thomas and uh, the, the, the idea that sometimes doubt causes us to waver or, or not believe. This week, I want to tackle something that I think... Well, I don't know if it impacts you or not. It impacted me. I was going to say, I think it impacts everybody, but, but maybe not. We'll see. It, it's, it's this idea that, that sometimes we are short-sighted. We don't really realize what we have right in front of us. Let me give you a couple examples. I, growing up, um, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. I've uh, liked the Red Sox forever. As long as I can remember, my dad, uh, hey, 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 hey. Um, I see Frank, Spicker, Frank uh, Mulligan is here, and so as a diehard Yankee fan, it'll be fun to talk about my Red Sox. Um, but I, uh, so I started going to baseball games. Every year, we'd go to a Red Sox game, my dad and my brother and I, and I took this baseball around, and I got it signed by a bunch of people, Fred Lynn, Dwight Evans, Jim Rice, but my favorite player was number eight, Carl Ustrimsky, Yaz. And I really liked Uskrimski. In fact, I have every one of his baseball cards, um, all the way from his, from his rookie year, all the way on. And I have this baseball signed by Carl Uskrimski, right there, right next to Glenn Hoffman, which I think probably makes the value go down, because he wasn't that good a shortstop. But um, what I did is I, I wrote the word, hi, right above Carl Uskrimski's autograph. So it says, hi, Carl Uskrimski. All right, that was short-sighted, because I didn't realize what I had, and as a little kid, I said hi to Carl Uskrimski, but I wrecked the value of this ball. Carl Skrimski is a Hall of Famer, he, you know, triple crown winner, 1967, like, he's, he was good, and, but I didn't realize I was short-sighted. I'll give you another example. I I started a business my junior year of high school with my best friend. And uh, the business went fine and we we started making, it was sports cards and memorabilia, we started making baseball cards. And we signed this this guy, 1992, uh, high school player of the year. Um, He ended up going to the University of Michigan playing shortstop for them, um, but only for one year because he was really good We signed him to a contract. We got him to autograph 7,750 baseball cards for us. We paid him a dollar a piece. And we put them in these 800 count boxes on a shelf. I have some. I brought one. His name is Derek Jeter. It was a dollar. You know, I threw Derek Jeter autograph cards around for years. Just another baseball card, just another card in our, in our warehouse. It's Derek Jeter. He owns a team. He was pretty good. I say that as a Red Sox fan, even. Sometimes what's right in front of us, we don't, we're short-sighted. We don't see what's right in front of us. I, uh, all through those years, um, we would have some customers call and occasionally complain and be upset, whatever. And I had this drawer, bottom right-hand drawer, and in it I kept some items that would appease some of our large customers who would get upset, and, and then I would say to, to one of the order desk people, you know, we'll, we'll just offer them this and see if that makes them happy, um, I had three items that I specifically remember saying to somebody, you know, I just sell them this. And I was pretty short sighted about that drawer. Here are the three items I had a a 500 hit home run baseball, autographed by every Major League Baseball player who had hit 500 home runs or more, except for Babe Ruth. Okay, so everyone else. I had a pair of boxing gloves signed by Muhammad Ali. And I missed those. And I had a basketball autographed by Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, and Dennis Rodman. You're Just short-sighted. It was just another item. I didn't realize what I had right in front of me. We're going to look at a story today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter 6. We're going to look at a group of people who were extremely short-sighted. And they didn't realize what they had right in front of them until it was too late. So John chapter 6, in, in the book of John, it's a story of Jesus' life, and John wrote the, story, the book of John so that people like us could read it and believe that Jesus really was who he said he was. And that by believing, we would have eternal life through him So, in chapter 6, Jesus has been traveling around teaching, and he just performed an incredible miracle at the beginning of chapter chapter 6. There were a lot of people following him, thousands and thousands of people, and they were hungry. There was a little boy there who had five loaves of bread and two little fish. Maybe you've heard the story. Jesus took the five loaves of bread and two little fish, and he multiplied them, and he fed a bunch of people, over 5,000 people. And then at the end, just to show off, he had his disciples go and collect the extra and they came up with 12 baskets of extra. Probably wasn't to show off, but that's why I would do it, but it was Jesus, so I'm sure it was pure motives. The people then see this and they are really, really excited. They're like, that was awesome. So we're going to pick up the story then in, in chapter 6 verse 14 here's what it says after the people saw the sign jesus performed so this miracle of bread and fish they began to say surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world they're excited they're like they're like imagine if this guy ran our nation <laughs> a chicken in every pot a car in every driveway The stock market will go through the roof. If he can do this with fish and bread, imagine what he can do with commerce. Okay? Verse 15. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. I don't know if you've ever read that verse, but the people who had just eaten food They had a plan, and their plan was, let's grab that guy, and let's cram a crown on his head, and let's make him our leader. (laughs) He's way better than what we've got, (laughs) and he just did a cool miracle. Okay, Jesus understands, and it says that he went away, withdrew to the mountains by himself. Okay, Jesus' plan wasn't to feed everybody forever. There was something even more important that he wanted to accomplish in their lives. But they were looking at their immediate needs, not their eternal needs. And they had just got a need met, but they were being short-sighted. So Jesus goes away until nightfall, and then he heads to Capernaum. Now, The problem is, someone in Capernaum saw him and tweeted out that they had seen Jesus. And all the people, all the people were like, what, what? Jesus is in Capernaum. And they all flood to Capernaum. I don't know how messages traveled at that time, but I assume it was tweeting. It was something like that. So, verse 25. When they found Jesus on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, When did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Jesus identified their short-sightedness. He called it like it was. He said, You guys... You're not following me because you think I'm the Messiah. You're following me because I fed you. Now it's the next day you're hungry again. You're just coming for a meal. He says, ah, you're missing it. You don't realize what's right in front of you. What a waste. They were focused completely on their physical... Hunger and not on the idea that Jesus was the creator of the world. What if they realized what they had right in front of them? But you know what? I I think we do this all the time. I think we forget that we can have a relationship with the creator of the world. And many of us do have a relationship with the creator of the world but, but I think sometimes I treat him like a rabbit's foot. And, and I rub him when I need him but I kind of ignore him when I don't. He's my good luck charm. And that's pretty short sighted. I, I forget that Jesus wants a prominent spot in my life even during the good times. Oh no, I've got this, Jesus. I just had somebody say, I, I feel bad about praying to God because I don't come to Him when things are fine and I feel kind of guilty then. Like, hey, I've got another problem. I said, so do I. I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. It's, it's, a, it's a relationship. If I only came to Nicole when I needed a meal, she probably wouldn't like that. She's not here, so you cannot ask her. But if she was, I'm sure she'd say, yeah, that wouldn't be best. Short-sighted. Here's here's the first question I want to pose. are, are, Are you and I living for something that spoils? Are you and I living for something that spoils? Another way of saying that is... What should be secondary in my life that I have made primary? Career, sports, hobbies, family. Like what? What have I made primary that really should be secondary? It's not. Those aren't bad things. It's not like they're sin. It's just sometimes I think I. I'm short-sighted with Jesus. And somehow he slides down my priority list. And I, well, I just don't have time. Like, how would I have time? I, I, I need to work more. How would I have time with Jesus? I, I need to earn money. How would I have time with Jesus? You don't understand. I have a lot of plates I'm spinning. And I think I just make excuses. Because I'm short-sighted on what's right in front. Of me. The question is, am I, am I living for something that spoils? If, if I was living for anything other than Jesus, relationships, possessions, career, family, money, health, they all pass away. I wrote down where I put my time and where I put my money is usually what I value where I put my time and where I put my money. It's usually you could look into my life and watch me, how I spend my time. You could look at my checkbook and see how I spend my money and you probably would have a pretty good idea of what I prioritize in life. So how are we doing? Are we we living for something that spoils? I, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, okay, well, what would it look like to live for Jesus. Like, what does that look like today? And I I grabbed some some Bible verses. Um, Romans 12, 2, says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect, pleasing will. So transformation, life change. If I'm living a life that will not spoil for Jesus, people will see my life change, my priorities change. Here's another one, Uh, 1 Peter 3, 15. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope that we have within us. My, My problem is I memorize these in different translations, then I try to bring them up with, and it just looks clunky. But anyway, that's what the verse says: always be ready to share Jesus, or tell somebody if they say, "What's what's the deal with you, Brett? Why are you whatever, whatever, whatever?" It's an opportunity for me to be ready to share an answer. I, I had a girl, eighth grade, Tammy was her name. It was after lunch. We got to play football after lunch, get all sweaty before we went back to class. I don't think that was a good strategy, knowing what little eighth grade boys smell like after football and lunch. Um, But Tammy came up to me and she said, uh, I still remember, I remember, I remember exactly where I was like it was yesterday. And she said to me, she said, Brett, you, you seem to, you seem to always be happy. What's your secret? What. Why are you always so happy? And 1 Peter 3.15, I'm a pastor's kid. I'm ready to, with an answer. And I took out my Bible and I... No, I didn't. You know what I did? I looked her in the eye and I said, You know, Tammy, I guess I'm just a happy person. Ooh. Living for something That spoils. No, somebody who's living fully for Jesus, you know what we say? I have an answer to the hope that I have within me. Let me tell you. I think think God keeps that in my mind, that story to constantly drive me to never do that again. Um, Something that spoils. Here's another one. Um, Colossians 3.17. Ooh, I like this one. This is in the message version. Let every detail in your lives words, actions, whatever be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Every detail, every word, every action of my life. Live for Jesus. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I don't live but Christ lives in me. Okay, That would be another example of how we live. Um, Psalm 19.14 let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. Oh God. Someone should know that I am a follower of Jesus, that I am not living for something that spoils based on how I talk. You know, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is profitable for building others up, that it may benefit those who listen. Okay, that would be a mark of somebody who lives for something that doesn't Spoil. Not only are these people short sighted about what they're pursuing because it's going to spoil, they wanted a meal. They they, they actually walked around the Sea of Galilee to Capernaum following Jesus because they knew he could feed them. And they were hoping for more loaves and fishes. The creator of the world right in front of them. But they wanted bread and fish. Something that spoils. What they didn't realize is that our greatest needs are only satisfied in Jesus. I don't know if you grasp that. Your greatest needs, my greatest needs, like if you listed them, they are only satisfied in Jesus. And you could be sitting there saying, Brett, you don't understand my needs. They're really, really, really deep. Yeah, okay. But the Bible tells me they are only satisfied in Jesus. But you don't understand what's happened to me in the past. My needs are great. They're they're only satisfied in Jesus. Calvin's going through something that I have not gone through. His needs are only satisfied in Jesus. Jesus. That's it. There are churches out there that unfortunately preach that come to Jesus and get stuff. Jesus is the stuff. What we need is Jesus. He doesn't give us the bread of life, he is the bread of life. Look at verse 28 of chapter 6, here's what he says. He says, then they asked him, well, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. He basically says, you guys are missing it. You're short-sighted. I'm right here. I'm right here. Believe in me. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. And it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Okay, so they pulled out some scripture from the Old Testament. and he, Basically, they said, so what do you, you say you're the man. Okay, so what are you going to do? We got, we got manna. They're still thinking about Food, physical food. Okay, our great, 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 great grandparents, they got bread every morning, little crackers, little wafers probably every morning. Moses got them for them. What are you going to do? You're going to feed us every morning? And Jesus probably shook his head. He probably went like this. Jesus said to them, verse 32, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. But it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus Jesus is the only thing that satisfies. That's it. I mean, if, if we believe the Bible is true, that's what the Bible says. I have personally experienced it, that Jesus is the only thing that satisfies. As I live a life that pursues Jesus... I am fulfilled way more than when I live a life that fulfills Brett Bixby. And that just follows what God said in His Word. Jesus is saying, You're hungry, and I see that you're hungry, but, but the hunger of your soul is way more important than your physical hunger. The answer to the hunger of your soul is right in front of you it's Jesus. It isn't more money, it isn't more success, it isn't more status, it's not a new partner, it's me, he says. Everything else is just a band-aid. And Jesus was offering them a chance to eternal life, at, at forgiveness, at peace, at hope. A chance to live in heaven forever. It says in verse 64 that many, many believed that he was the Messiah. Um, And then Jesus goes to the disciples and asks them, what do you think? In verse 69, here's, here's what they say. Simon Peter actually answered and said, We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Simon Peter says, oh, we're confident. You're the Savior of the world. In fact, we're confident that that you are the only thing that satisfies. We've left everything, the disciples would have said. We've left everything. Our vocations, our jobs, the the business that our fathers were going to leave us. We've left it all. And you are the one who satisfies America's kind of caught up in this uh, cause, these causes. You know, let's just have causes, and they'll, they'll make us feel good about ourselves. We can have a different bracelet for every single cause. Tom's shoes, you know, we're going we're gonna to feed the world every time you buy a pair of shoes. Just causes and causes and causes. And I, I heard somebody say, we, we, we don't want well-clothed, well-fed people who die and go to hell. Never lose focus. That causes, even though they're great ideas, Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, satisfies. J.D. Greer, he's he's an author and a pastor, he said this. He said, what if we achieved every political agenda we dreamed of? What if we achieved peace in our time What if the American dream became a reality for everyone? What if we slow the rise of the oceans and heal the planet and then our generation dies and goes to hell? A whole group of well-fed people following Jesus, bellies full, happy, never realizing that Jesus was the only one who satisfies I have two questions of application for for you today. And here they are. Number number one, do you believe that Jesus is the Holy One of God and that believing in Him is the only way to eternal life? That would have been a question that Jesus was asking that group in John 6. Do, Do you believe? And if so, have you ever accepted His gift of eternal life and forgiveness. See, they like the idea (laughs) that he shared food with them, but they really, many of them were struggling to actually put a faith and a trust in him. We're along for the food. We're along for the good times. And Jesus was begging them to Follow him. I'm the only one who satisfies, he was saying. If you're here today and you, you say, I've, you know, I've never ever made Jesus my leader and my forgiver, I, I plead with you to, to do that today. We do not know when our time on earth will end, but we do have a guarantee in God's word that says it will. Are you ready? Have you made a decision to make Jesus your leader and your forgiver? Or are you chasing something that spoils? You can do that today. You you can do business with Jesus today and tell him that you know you're a sinner and you need a Savior. And acknowledge that you believe He is who He said He was, and He died on the cross for your sins, and He wants to give you eternal life and forgiveness and hope and peace. But you just have to ask Him. I, I would love to to talk with you. I'm sure whoever brought you would love to talk to you about that specifically. That's a, that's a life change from serving myself to serving Jesus that will radically change your life, the trajectory of your life, and your eternal state. There's a second question Are you living for something that spoils? Are you living for something that spoils? And I. This. this challenged me this week because I was thinking through how quickly my priorities slide and shift. I I have never written on a piece of paper I want Jesus to be second in my life. And yet left to my own by default, I constantly have to fight to keep Jesus the top priority in my life. And I would just ask all of you, are you, is it time to do an assessment again? Okay, God, how am I doing? What's, what's taking prominent? What's taking over? Why? How can I, how can I pursue Jesus more? Uh, one, of the, one of the things that helps me is by remembering what Jesus did for me and we have an opportunity this morning to be reminded of what Jesus did for all of us on the cross Um, so I'm going to pray and then Tom's going to come and he's going to lead us through communion your your communion cups are in front of you in the little pouch there but he's going to come and talk but let's let's pray and then we will remember what Jesus did for us father I am very grateful for your love for me thank you for the Bible thank you for coming down as a man and dying on a cross for my sins thank you for offering forgiveness and hope and peace thank you for being the the only thing that satisfies the only one who satisfies Father we live in a in a culture, a society that does not believe that and certainly doesn't live that way. Please help that not deter us. Help us to pursue you. Thank you for John chapter 6. Thank you for the example there. God, I I have to confess, I am short-sighted a lot of times. And I forget. I forget what you have to offer, please remind me again, thank you for being our strength when we're weak, and being a rock, and being strong, in Jesus' name, amen.